Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Faith without works is dead. Just like you said, you have faith, you believe it, you see it, you have to do the work. I'm about to show everybody, like, I'm going to be the first black woman entrepreneur, cosmetic owner, book writer, stand-up comedian of my generation to be a billionaire. And it's more of the journey that gets me excited. I'm a visionary. I see the vision. I see myself in arenas. I see myself having a production company. I see myself directing movies. I see it. How I'm going to get there, I don't know. But if God gave me the vision, I know it's tangible. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to be here. You guys are so cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all a, are. That's such a compliment. Y'all are so inspiring. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nah, you know, I want to, it's a lot to talk about, but. Yeah. I really want to know how this whole thing even gets started. You have 6 million followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're on Wildin' Out. You got one of the top podcasts in the world. You're traveling, doing shows every weekend for stand-up comedy. You've yeah. been as part of Martin Lawrence's shows, did arenas. Um, kind of took the world by storm. Yeah. But in a very kind of short period of time for the public, but I know that there's always a process. I'm so. like, I've been at this for so long. Where, where does it start? How long How long are you talking about? So I've been doing music since I was in high school. I was in my first girl group when I was 15. R&B, singer. Okay, relax. <laughs> <laughs> just relax, okay? Let me just tell my story. Don't get me on here trying to sing nothing. Um, yeah, so it was R&B. Um, but then, you know, I did music in my early 20s. I'm 33 now. So I moved to Atlanta from Dallas, Texas. But I've always been on social media. So Instagram, I was on Instagram since like 2012, 13. That's a long time. And before Instagram, it was MySpace yeah. and Facebook and Pinterest. I was popping on MySpace back then. So that's like a long time. That's almost two decades. What's decade? 10 years? 10 years. Yeah. Almost two decades of social media. So it hasn't been overnight, but it's been consistent. And like we were talking in the back, just consistently showing my journey in any season I'm in. You guys can go to my YouTube, um, the B. Simone YouTube. It shows me like moving to Atlanta in my little Toyota. Like, y'all, I'm moving to Atlanta. I packed up my car. I'm driving down today. Like the journey is all on social media. So I think that's important to document that and show. Like, but what even had made you have that vision to begin with? That's that's for my question. Like, what made? Because a lot of people don't even have the idea that people would be interested. Yeah. In wanting to know their life. Yeah, I think it was just in me, honestly. Like some people, we were talking about back there again. Like people got that dog in them. Some things you learn, and something God just gifts you with. And I think I've always had the gift of vision. Like always, always, always. I was in high school selling stuff. And I was like, back then, I didn't know that was entrepreneurship. But I've always had that mindset. So it's always been in me. Has entertainment always been something that you modeled, like, from the family, right? Because, you know, it's one thing to perform in front of the living room for your parents. It's like, oh, she's so great. Mm -hmm. But to actually start recording it and saying, I'm going to pursue this from music now to comedy, who were the influences at an early age? I'm the first one in my family. Mm. Yeah, it was like, once again, just a gift, but I never wanted to do comedy. 
I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to do music. I thought I was going to be on stage with Beyonce. And God was like, absolutely not. Like, have a seat. I would be posting like my music. It would get like a thousand views. Then I would post my ranting videos on Instagram and it would get like a million views. I was like, okay, so I'm going to listen to the audience, give them what they want. And I just continued to do that. And the comedy took off. And that's when I got on Wild and Out. Yeah, from social media. Who, Nick saw you? No. Um, I actually went. They had a Wild and Out girl audition. Y'all know there's Wild and, there's the comedians and the Wild and Out girls, the models. And the models. So I went <laughs> to the Wild and Out girl audition and waited in line. Like, it was like 300 girls there. To be a model? No. When they called me, I was like, I am not a model. I'm a comedian. <laughs> so y'all need to put me on the show as a comedian. I do not want to stand up there and be cute. They were like, well, make us laugh. And I don't know what I said. I said something and they laughed or whatever. And they put me to the side. And then I would end up going out to eat with Nick and the, the producer. And, you know, a few people knew me off social media and stuff. It wasn't just like, who is this girl? But Nick was like, nah, like, I don't see it. You know? He told you that to your face? No, he didn't tell me to my face. <laughs> he was scared. He didn't tell me to my face. Tell me to my face, Nick. <laughs> no, he didn't tell me to my face. You don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Nick. Um, but, you know, one of the producers, Dolly and um, Danielle and a few other people were just like, no, like, she got it. Like, give her a chance. He's like, I just don't know if it's going to translate to the stage. Like, Instagram is so different than stage. Yeah. So they gave me a chance. And, you know, Nick was like, my bad. So He apologized. <laughs> Boy, was he wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, right? Because most people we watch create comedy sketches and skits on Instagram can't formulate a business behind it. Yeah. But yeah. you've been actually able to transition from our phones to the stage. Yep. So what was the preparation in doing that? Yeah, stand-up is so different than the phone. <laughs> like the phone, they, they comment, you're not hearing instant laughs or instant boos or instant, like, this isn't funny in... When you're on stage, it's instant. Like, you say something, if it's not funny, I don't care how famous you are. Even the greats still have opportunity to bomb doing stand-up. So, um, yeah, it's very, very different. And I've been doing stand-up for five years, and I've had to build the skill of that. Like, my gift is comedy. I'm gifted. Mm. But there's a difference between a gift and a skill. Stand-up is a skill set. So just being funny, using your gift, is not just going to get you through a whole hour stand-up set or a stand-up special. So I study stand-up. I watch comics. I watch my peers, Desi Banks, um, Jess Hilarious. These are people that I'm around that are doing what I want to do. So I go to their shows and I pull up. I watch the Netflix specials and learn how to craft a joke. It's mm -hmm. very different than a comedy sketch. So you're doing, you start on Instagram doing comedy, then Wild Out, which is television. Yeah. And then... You're doing stand-up. Yeah. Those are three different elements right there. Total different. Right? And um, I, I would imagine that they all have different challenges. Yeah. So yeah. how was it, how were you able to navigate and what were some of the challenges trying to figure out from Instagram to television to stand-up? Yeah. On social media, I mean, you don't know who's going to see you. You have tons of people watching you, half like you, half don't. So you have to deal with the backlash on social media. That's totally different. At your shows, it's more intimate. These people are coming to see you and they're supportive. So you kind of have a little more of a guard down. Um, now, Wild and Out is a different beast. You up there with DC Young Fly, Carlos Miller, Pretty V. It's like a war of who's the funniest, you know? So sometimes it's like you might flow to the back and you got to be bold, brave, open, and you got to just risk your joke in front of a lot of people. So it's, it's more... Stand-up is the scariest out of all of them mm -hmm. because you're up there by yourself with a mic 
and just you. And if you're not funny, it doesn't matter who you are, they're not gonna laugh. Wild and Out is more of a family unit. So it's like, if I don't know what to say, it's like, V, go up there. V, you go, you know, or come up here with me. So you kind of have more of a team effort doing Wild Have you ever got booed on stand-up? No. Don't put that in there. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We can't put that in there. I mean, that's what it happens. No, but it happens. It happens. Beyonce got booed. That's when Isha got booed. Everybody, even like now to this day, like you can be Dave Chappelle, who is phenomenal, and he could have a bad night on mm-hmm. stand-up. You know, you just can't care. You just have to talk, work your jokes. And I've never got booed, but I've definitely said something that's been a little quiet. It's like, sure. ooh, that didn't work. All right, any birthdays? <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> All right. Who's in here with <laughs> You know, like, Jesus Christ, that didn't work. That was funny in the shower when I said it to myself. But, you know, you do have those moments where it's like, this is difficult. From, yeah. from the standpoint of... Business, right? When we talk about stand-up, people always talk, like we're not doing this for money. In fact, most nights you're probably getting maybe fifty dollars. Talk about the financial struggles yeah. of doing stand-up yeah. before you can actually get to a wild out or get to a special. Yeah. Well, I don't come from the stand-up like world. You get what I'm saying, and that's kind of the disconnect with the OGs and the Instagram comedians because they feel like, man, these kids come from the internet. They don't know the grind and the hustle of it, but. I kind of jumped into it as already having an audience, Uh, which to me is almost even harder because I didn't work my material in front of seven people or five people or a little hole in the wall getting $50. It was like, okay, my first show, it's like, okay, you can get 15 bands. You better be funny. You know what I mean? So it was even more, and I wouldn't say more pressure, but jumping into that, like already selling out shows and not really knowing how to do stand-up. So um, I jumped into it with the audience and I had to work my material in front of theaters and arenas. And, yeah. So they're coming know, to see the personality before they even know that what the skill set if is. If I can do stand-up. Right. Yeah. And thankfully I've been phenomenal at it and I've taken it serious because yeah. I want longevity. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I don't want to just sell out a show. Oh, we sold 5,000 seats. Yeah, they're not coming back next year. (laughs) You suck. You know, I don't want that. I want longevity. Like... We were talking earlier, I was on tour with Martin Lawrence and watching that man, it inspired me so much. I'm like, this is what longevity looks like. 30 years in the game, 35 years in the game, and I'm opening up for him. That is my goal, longevity. I want to be able to do arenas in 30, 20, 15 years from now. So a lot of people always say, well, people on Instagram, they got all these followers, but they're not making no money. That's a <laughs> That's not true, right? Let me tell you. So, but baby, but, I'm about the hood. I ain't, I ain't them yet. You know, they in a different tax bracket. I'm sure of it. But baby, I we, who other they you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely making a little change, okay? But, but there are 
there are some people that struggle monetizing their followers. Mm -hmm. But how? When did you look at this as, as a business, and how were you able to actually start to make money from? being famous on Instagram than actually yeah. being a businesswoman? Like I said, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. I love making something out of nothing. I love starting brands. I love marketing. Um, and I did that by telling my truth. So like Be Simone Fit, I started a whole fitness page. I just documented the journey of me losing weight. Now, merch line comes from that. Supplements, what did I do? So instead of starting brands that I didn't believe in, I always sold my truth, whatever that was in that season. From my manifest book, that's what I was going through in that season. I was learning how to manifest and learning the power of the mind and speaking things into existence with, existence, excuse me, with um, God and my spirituality. So just monetizing off of whatever I was going through in that season. So like you just being so authentic and your followers 100%. connecting with you. Now it's like, right, if I'm if I'm on my weight loss journey, it's authentic for me to sell you a weight 100%. loss supplement. I'm not just, selling you my truth. I'm not I just coming out of left field. No, some I don't have to convince you of nothing. I don't have to course you into buying something. I'm just like, this is my truth. This worked for me and I hope it can work for you. And I'm monetizing off of my story. I never, ever, ever, I don't care if it's a brand deal. I don't care how much money it is. And that's the truth. Sell something I don't believe in. I've passed up deals with tobacco companies, liquor companies, because I'm sober now. Like it doesn't align with who I am. So I'm not going to market it. Mm. So your vulnerability is the key to success. A hundred percent. Not an easy thing to do. We, yeah. Uh, you know, that's what makes you successful. We would see more people do it if, if that was the case. Is there times when your vulnerability has cost you or has <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> put you in situations that were, you know, you, you weren't prepared for? Yeah, I think so. Vulnerability is basically, I looked up the definition and we talked about it on my podcast. It's like basically giving people permission to attack you emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you're offering up information and that allows people to be in your business so you can't be mad when people give their opinions and it's like well I didn't ask you it's like but you told us about your family your boyfriend your kids your this your that so anything you offer up it opens up that door for people to have an opinion about it which can be dangerous because I'm human you know and it affects me not as much as it used to. Now I've gotten through a lot of that from cancellation and public backlash and all of those things. But you're still human. So that one little negative comment is going to be like, damn, like, you don't like me? I'm so cool. You know, like, you, I want to be liked. Maybe y'all don't deal with that, you know, being men and just being not caring. But um, I want to be liked. And that's a part of my success. I'm, you know, I've built my platform on vulnerability and comedy and my personality. So it does kind of bother me when some people don't see that. But you got to get past that. So how do you deal with that when people... You've had some controversial moments when people... It's one thing for people not to like you, but another thing for people to like... You said try to cancel you. Yeah. Write paragraphs about, you know, very, you know, disrespectful things. Yeah. I'm sure you see it. For sure. So how does that affect you mentally and how do you deal with that? At the beginning, it was very hard. Especially, people could be like, she's not funny, she's not cute, she's fat, she's... That stuff is stupid to me. But when people question your character and you truly know you have pure intent and you're not like this person that the media portrays you to be, that bothered me. But once again, um, I moved past it. Like, I'm not at that space anymore. And honestly, the truth is the truth no matter who believes it. 
So I focus on the truth. If if you if you don't believe it, I can't I can't focus on trying to change everybody's mind. And I'm sure y'all deal with that. As successful as y'all are, there's always that small percent of hate or the it's like anyway. <laughs> You know, like we ain't finna worry about that. We over here making y'all making millions of dollars in Vest Vest, y'all selling out freaking arenas and doing this and doing that. Y'all in London and we ain't worried about those comments, you know. So you really have to just focus on the truth and what God called you to do, your purpose in your walk. The bigger picture. The bigger picture. I'm a visionary. I see the vision. I see myself in arenas. I see myself having a production company. I see myself directing movies. I see it. How I'm gonna get there, I don't know. But if God gave me the vision, I know it's tangible. Preach. Powerful man, manifestation. Yeah. Right. And so you, you spoke about that. I see the vision, but you also put goals and 100%. make them very public. A hundred percent. So I want to talk about the goal that you had by the age of 30. That was so cool. I cannot believe I did it. I was so nervous. Well, let's like the public. Like, so you want to be a millionaire by 30. <laughs> Here's how you do it. Talk yeah. about that. I mean, did you feel pressure or was it something that I'm going to do this? I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to show people how to do it and the hope that they'll feel inspired to do something very similar? A hundred percent. And like I, on my Instagram, it says billionaire B. It's not, yes, it's cool. Like, I'm a billionaire. Do I really need a billion dollars? No, but I'm a dog. I'm about to show everybody, like, I'm going to be the first black woman entrepreneur, cosmetic owner, book writer, stand-up comedian of my generation to be a billionaire. And it's more of the the journey that, gets me excited, like showing that I can do it. And that was the same thing with my million dollar journey. I documented it. It's all on YouTube. You can type in Be Simone Million Dollar Journey. And I wanted, well, there's a difference. I've already had a million, but I didn't have liquid. You get what I'm saying? I wanted to see that in my account, like have the, see them zeros. I wanted to see the money in my account. So I was like, I want to be a millionaire liquid by the time I'm 30. Like I've never seen a million at once in my account. So that was the goal. I documented the journey and it was crazy. I did all my hustles up until I did hair. I was posting like, who wants a shout out? I think I made like 50 bands in one day from like shouting out small black businesses. And then I did sew-ins. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I was like, okay, pull up, get up sew-in by B. Simone. I did did clients. I sold my little Toyota that had three hubcaps. I think I got like $900 for it. They gave me like $1,000. I was like, all right, we adding that to the bank. We, we about to get this million. So I was like 350000 away from my goal when I started. And I had 30 days. Yeah. So um, I just hustled, used all my talents, all my gifts. And the day of my, my birthday, I transferred that dollar into that savings account. And I had a million dollars in my savings. So what did you do once you had the million? <laughs> yeah, you got that million, right? Um, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, I actually started real estate. I started real estate investing. Um, I did more with my B. Simone Beauty. Um, around that time is when I started my podcast. Well, the idea of it, we ended up starting the podcast a lot later. Um, my merch line, I reinvested it into a lot. I bought my first home. Um, so I bought my first property and yeah, I, I put it into a lot of investments. It took a lot of risks. Y'all, I want to tell y'all starting businesses does not mean you're always going to get your money back. It's a financial risk and you have to believe in yourself. I put so much money up and been like, uh, oh, all right, that didn't work. Let's try another marketing thing. But I put all my own money up. I don't have investors. I don't have anybody that's like giving me money to invest in my businesses. Any business I start is fully funded by me. 
So what's that marketing strategy look like from the from the customers? Like, were they receptive to that? Because most people would say like they don't want to talk about money, or they could talk about money, but they they don't want to be transparent and tell people how much money they have. Yeah. Like, very few people yeah. will document dollar for dollar like what yeah. they have in their bank account. So being that you did that, how was that is on the on the marketing side for your brand? It was great showing the. I think it showed a lot of people that it's truly tangible. And I put it out there before I knew it was going to happen. So that's a high level of faith. I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire in 30 days. Y'all are about to watch the journey. What if I didn't need it? Well, you, you know what I'm saying? But you were already at 700000 Yes, but still. And like, you had some assets. No, but she's talking about liquid. Though. I'm so talking you, about liquid. Yeah. But you had, but you kind of knew you was going to hit the number, though. I didn't, though. Trying to make three hundred fifty thousand dollars in thirty days. How many followers you had? A lot, but I wasn't. <laughs> no, followers don't equate to money now. Talk that's to a, that's a come fact. on. Talk I've, talk I've done marketing campaigns. I've post out like no, 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 no. I have sold products and been like, y'all know we got a million dollars worth of product in this warehouse. <laughs> and these they buying. What is going on with the economy? Last month we was up. What? Followers don't equate to dollars, and it doesn't mean you have a brand that people support. It just means you got people watching you. Yeah. You know what I mean? What one of my right after I made my million, the next month, I had a million dollar month. So I made. I was trying to get my first million, and the very next month, I made a million dollars in thirty days. Doing what? Selling a, selling um, a product on my beauty my beauty campaign. It was my manifestation book, but the marketing around it was so viral and was so intentional. And it, it, it marketing is so important, you guys. You can't just post and be like, my new book, link in my bio. Why am I purchasing it? Why am I supporting you? People want to feel like they know so you. So you made a million dollars on a book? Yes. Yeah. How much was the book? I sold 30,000 copies. So was it, was it $20? Around $20, $29.99? Independent? Independent. Mm-hmm. What was the marketing? You said it was viral. Um, it was a manifestation book. So that was right around the time when I was I did the video with the baby, and people were like, "She really manifested the dude. She been chasing this dude around for three years, and she's in his video." And it was just a whole lot of of um, marketing. Like I'm like, okay, now I done showed y'all how to manifest. I've been chasing him for three years. Now I'm the lead girl in this video. You know, so it was a lot of stuff like that. But I said all that to say. The very next month, I made a million dollars in 30 days. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And the month after that, how much do you think we made that next month after the million dollar month? 1.5? 100,000. Okay, you said I made $10,000 the very next month. Why? <laughs> Because I was canceled on social media. Oh, that was the men. That thing? was that was in that same in that same time frame, right? So that's the so I went the from a million yeah. dollar month okay. to a ten thousand. Do you? I don't. What percent drop is that? <laughs> we are in the red. What the f- code red? Hello, hello, please. We need a new team. What is going? But I, I said all that to say dollars don't equate money. You know what I mean? You can be... Followers here. don't equate money to money. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. Followers don't equate money. And you can be here one day and the consumer is so episodic. One day they're like, oh, well, she... Well, yesterday you loved the book. You loved Epi- everything Episodic? Is that the word of the day? Yeah, episodic. She's, Up and down. She's good. <laughs> she's good. She's good. She's good. 
She's a scholar as well. <laughs> Add scholar to the list. Yeah, um, you know. But what, what, what you're speaking about. It's just I, up and down. Yeah. You, and that's, that's the risk you take as an entrepreneur. That's what I wanted to go. Because that is the life of an entrepreneur. You could have a monthly, a million dollars. That's incredible. And then you might have a $10,000 month. But what it speaks to is financial discipline. Come on. So what are you doing in between that, right? Even to get to the point mm-hmm. where I have 700000 mm-hmm. I'm going to get mm-hmm. to a million. Mm-hmm. People are watching mm-hmm. you make the money, but mm-hmm. you're not spending the money. Yeah. So where did that financial discipline like set in for you? I think I've always been a good steward over my money. Of course, now I can afford people to help me. Uh, my accountant, my financial advisor, people that watch my money. We have meetings every month and we... If a dollar is missing, I will know that dollar is missing. But I, I, I was not always like that. Okay. But back in the day, like I was talking to my sister, my she just bought a new car. And she's like, oh, I can't pay my car note. I'm like, there's no reason you should have bought a new car in this season. When I didn't have money, I saved up my cash. I bought the cheapest hoopty I could find for five grand. And I was like, I'm not, I don't have a car note. It gets me from point A to point B. I don't care how I look. And I drove it. Even when I started, quote unquote, making it, my homegirl was like, stop pulling up in that car. I'm like, I don't care. I'm about to valet this car. And until I'm ready to fi- financially move to the next level, I'm going to drive my damn Toyota. So I think people um, spend too much money in the moment and they don't think long term. Mm-hmm. When I was in that Toyota, I was thinking long term. I can sacrifice right now and drive around in, that, in this. I don't care what I look like, but I don't have an $800 car note. I'm not, I don't, that's another bill that I can't afford right now in this season when I'm hustling. Mm-hmm. So I think being a good steward over your money when you have, when you don't have the millions and the 700,000, I think a lot of people are trying to get to that and you can't manage seven grand. You can't manage 700. True. So making sure you know how to be a good steward over your money before you get to that point. Have you, have you set, so the road to a million, obviously you've accomplished that. And setting financial goals I think is important too. Yeah. Since that moment, have you set further goals, right? You said like the billion dollar, in my mind, I feel like that's attainable for you. A hundred percent. Is that the goal? Are there goals in between there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I just met with um, my real estate mentor um, this past Monday and we sat down and we were like, okay, well, what does that look like? You want to get heavy into real estate in 2024? How much do you want to make passive a month? You know what I mean? We write that down. Mm-hmm. We, we put it in our mind, if this is what I need to make a month, how do I get there? So you have to make tangible goals. You can't just manifest and believe without sitting down and having a game plan. This is a fast financial fact sponsored by Xfinity. This week's fact, inflation erodes the purchasing power of your savings. Ensure that your savings earn an interest rate that at minimum keeps pace with inflation. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities or TIPS are U.S. government bonds designed to protect against inflation. The principal value of tips adjusts with inflation, so your investment keeps pace with the rising prices. Assets over liabilities is presented by Xfinity. So as you look at the umbrella, there's Wildin' Out, there's the stand-up, mm-hmm. uh, you got the cosmetics mm-hmm. that's coming back, then uh, you got media as well. Yeah. And so are you looking at each one and saying, all right, we need this much real estate as well? Mm-hmm. This is the type of revenue we need from each one of these umbre- uh, trees from the umbrella? I'm not going to lie and be like, yes. No, I haven't done that. But <laughs> I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to sit and see how much revenue is coming through. Because what was I watching? I don't know. But it was basically saying, y'all can help me because y'all money. Y'all. Um, <laughs> Put that in the title. Okay. <laughs> y'all basically like you're not financially free if you're not making passive income 
on how much you're spending a month. Something like that. Is that ringing any bell? Like if I'm spending, if my bills or whatever I'm spending is 30 grand a month and I'm not making that passively without having to work for it, I'm not technically financially free. Sounds like assets over liabilities. Yeah, I can see that because it's like you're not free because you still got to work for it. Got you. Got you. So that's where I'm trying to get because I'm spending more than I'm making passively. I'm making the money, but it's if I'm doing a show. It's if I'm on Wild and Out. It's not, you know, like my close friends, for example. That's a community I've cultivated and I've built, and it shows me the importance of subscription-based community, right? So that's passive. If I don't do anything else, if the world shuts down again tomorrow, I know I have my close friends community. On Instagram? On Instagram. How many close friends you have? 5,000 people. So they pay $9.99 a month. It's a subscription-based. But that is a community I've cultivated, so I feed them, feed into them, pour into them. We have webinars every month. I give them not only entertainment, but I give them knowledge, right, with my um, network. But if the world stopped, I know I have that. I want more passive income like that. So um, I want to talk about that, but let's go back to this, this interesting case study. You made $300,000 off of a marketing campaign of mm-hmm. you actually... No, you make $300,000 part of a marketing campaign to become yeah. a millionaire. Then you have another marketing campaign selling a book and you make a million dollars. Yep. So now you, you make $1.3 million in the course of 60 days. Yep. And yeah. then my life was crushed and I was depressed for a year. So finances <laughs> does not mean happiness. I just want to make that very clear. I had the most money I had ever made in my life and I had the most depressed year of my life. So let's just... Y'all trying to get to the money. You got to heal your soul, too. Let's not forget about the spiritual aspect of being financially free. I'm sorry. That's a fact. So you have a major drop-off from Mm $10,000 because of what you said and a lot of negative backlash. How do you you climb out of that hole and get back Mm -hmm. on track Mm -hmm. from a business financial standpoint? Mm -hmm. My team, man. I have a great team and people around me that have helped me. I'm telling you, speaking life into you and people around you that keep your mind set on the goal while you're in those dark spaces and places are so important. But I've always, 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 always looked at the glass half full. Always. I have never looked at the glass half empty and looked from a scarce mindset. And once again, I think that's a gift God has put in me and people that don't have that gift. I know that's a part of my purpose to change people's mindset, but it's a mindset shift. When your mindset is there... There's no, I don't, I never see an obstacle and can't find a solution ever, ever. Even in my most depressed state, I knew it was temporary. So if I know this is temporary, what is the solution and how am I getting through the process to get to the end goal and the vision I know God showed me? You can't stay stagnant in that. You have to keep moving. You cannot sit in, in those times that are very, very dark. So did you do anything differently or you just continued to do the things that you were doing and just waited it out? Now, I was scared. I'm not going to lie. Me being vulnerable, like you said, being vulnerable, doing this, doing that, and all of a sudden it backfires on you. Now I'm a little more quiet. I'm scared to be the person that got me to this point. So I had to work my way back up to being confident, being vocal, being loud, and being my full authentic self after that. So yes, I had to work back to get to the person that I was. It was very difficult to get out of that. But yes, I just kept being myself. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In that time, is this where your spiritual journey intensifies? Or was no. that prior? Uh, 
after my, my, it was after that. I was always super spiritual and God fearing, but recently it was November of last year when I truly like rededicated my life to Christ and was like, I want to, God first is a lifestyle. It's not just a quote. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't fully living my life as God first. So you get back on your feet, you're up and running. Mm -hmm. Um, when do you start this cosmetic situation? That was 2019. So that was even before the... Um, before anything. Yeah. We actually sold the book on besimonebeauty.com on, under my cosmetic line. So that was before. That was the first business I ever started and invested in, which was super cool. I flew to China. I went back and forth to China, like went to the factories, found the, you know, the formula. I, I did not settle because I knew... Everybody's not going to like the product, but if I like it, I can mm -hmm. stand behind it. So making sure that you have a product that you like and you believe in, because everybody's not going to like it no matter how perfect it is. So um, I worked really, really hard on the formula, the packaging, and um, we launched in 2019. So that you, was the first business I ever launched. Do you remember how much it cost for you to get it off the ground? Yes, it was around 80, 80 or 100, 80 or 100. So you went to China. I went to China. So walk through the whole process of like, that's not easy just to like randomly go to China yeah. and bring people. Like, who was your mentor? How did you know which cosmetics you wanted to sell? How did you, what was the whole process? Yes, of, of somebody that I used to work with that was on my team previously used to take people to China every year um, and take girls over there to like find the plug, find merch, find products to sell. And um, we went to this factory and I went over there with her and um, that's when I found the factory that made all of my cosmetics. So we took about two trips over there. It's easy, like now I'm communicating with them through WeChat, right? I still have that connect four years later and we're rebranding the whole brand. So right now, Be Simone Beauty is not up and running, mm. um, but it will be back up in the spring. But um, it's so much easier to go over there because of the language barrier. And it just takes so much time. When you're actually in the field, it's like, yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. Make the sample right now. I can see it. I can feel it. I can touch it. I can smell it. And just being there was was really beneficial to my brand. Having, I got to choose exactly how I wanted it to be and look. Yeah, so that, that brand gets launched, but you do take a pause. Talk about that and having realizing that you know what we need to rebrand we may need to stop here because a lot of times yep. people will run and run yep. until there's nothing left and there yep. is no point of salvaging yep. the brand so what was that like for you it's be so beauty slowed down so much when i started my brand and i started entrepreneurship and all of those things it wasn't as many online brands everybody has a cosmetic line now everybody is selling something everybody is a lash deck or a hairstylist or it's it's super oversaturated so i had to step back and be like okay sales are declining am i truly happy with where this brand is no i i see my brand as being more high-end being have different mess messaging than all of the other brands so let's step back rebrand remarket repackage and then relaunch with with who we truly see this brand being major, major, from beauty supply stores to, like I said, a Neiman's or a Sephora. That is my vision for my brand. So making sure I stand out from the crowd by being 100% authentically myself. But, okay, the packaging, the formula, like all of it can go up a notch. So I, I actually shut the business down. We haven't sold a product in, it'll almost be a year. And I'm okay with that. I don't feel like that's taking a loss. I don't feel like I'm losing money or missing out on anything because I know when I come back, it's a wrap. So let's talk about this uh, close friends play. Yeah. Okay. So you have 5,000 close friends. 
that paid ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. It's fifty thousand. Um, on the wake up. <laughs> but good with math. We're good with math. But you you do it a little non traditional. Yeah. Because Instagram does have subscriptions. Because mm-hmm. I had close friends before they had subscriptions. Before they had subscriptions. Yeah. So break down the close friends situation. So honestly, I started close friends because I didn't want to be on blogs. And I did not want to, every time I gave my opinion, I was on a blog or on the shade room. or on, I'm like, I can't say nothing. I can't say, I love oranges. You hate bananas? I just said I like oranges. That is it. I didn't say I hated bananas. I'm not a banana hater. I just said I like oranges. So every little thing I was saying during this time of my cancellation was just like cancellation exploded <laughs> to like, oh my God. So I was like, I'm about to start close friends. I'm not talking no more. Y'all not about to get none of me. It's a privilege to hear me talk. So I'm about to talk to my close friends and I'm going to talk to people that really love who I am and support me. So um, me and my team, we started close friends and it's a product on my website it first started as entertainment. Like I'm traveling, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And as I evolved, it turned into a lot of motivation. And now we do webinars every single month. So if you're on my close friends, you not only are behind this VIP wall of my life. Like I just posted y'all, y'all are on my story, but if you're not on my close friends, they wouldn't even know I'm with y'all today. So they get um, behind the scenes access of my life and they get webinars every single month from entrepreneurs. We've done real estate webinars. We've done, um, uh, tons of webinars. Every single month they get a webinar. But that's not on Instagram. No. That the Explain this whole situation. Yeah. You go to your website. Uh-huh. So it's a product. You go to my website, you buy the product for $9.99. Monthly. It, it's subscription-based monthly. If you right. want to, um, it's subscription-based. So if you want to end your subscription, like we have 5,000 people, of course that fluctuates. Any subscription, people join, people leave. People join, people leave. Um, so they buy the product and they have to put in their social media name and we add them manually. So it's a whole system behind it. We have a subscription-based um, you know, app behind our paywall that handles all that, mm-hmm. but um, it's all manual. It's a lot of work, you know, yeah. 5,000 people and making sure, you know, I haven't been added to your close friends. You forgot the underscore. I don't know if <laughs> like your name has an underscore on it. Baby girl, you yelling at me. You typed in the wrong Instagram. So yeah. we add the people manually and we remove them manually every single month. But um, yeah, it's, they buy, they purchase a product on my website. Get their email. Yeah, we get their email. We have all their information, and um, they can communicate back and forth. I have a team that runs it for me. So yeah. it's a lot of work, but what it does cut out is kind of the percentages that you would pay if you did the subscription. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing we we, we kind of thought was like, especially you being a visionary, it was like in the event, yeah, we have this, but is there something long term that you're seeing? I can build my yes. own infrastructure, my own app. Is that Absolutely. On the vision board. Absolutely. We've had those conversations already, even with my fitness brand. Um, that's a whole nother brand. I can't even say the name yet, but um, that's going to be um, a whole app in itself. And we want to, we have the, you know, community that we can move over to that app that we own. So pretty much, it's not just close friends, it's a community. Absolutely. The close friends is the Instagram part of it. Part of it. Yeah. But you're doing stuff outside of Instagram. Absolutely. Like the webinars are not on Instagram. No. And I'm building a community of people that truly are like-minded. They they talk to each other. They connect with each other. Mm-hmm. They're trying to grow with each People have met their business partners and my close friends. So it's not just all entertainment and just looking at VIP of my life. Yes, that's a perk to it. But every single month I get on a live Zoom webinar with these people and I talk to them. I pour into them. I have guest speakers come and talk to them. So it's beneficial. So you do the Instagram stories every day. Yes. 
You do all your stories, close friends, or you do some stories? 90% of them. 90%. So close friends be like, dit, 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 you know, all them little lines on the story. And then the main story be like, y'all ain't getting all of me. <laughs> so you do that, and, yep. then, and then you do one webinar a month. One webinar a month. Anything other than that, or that's the formula? That's it right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, the number you said is 5,000. Are you capped at that number? Because most people would say, well, I'm going to take as many people as possible from a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. The more people I can get, the more mm -hmm. money we can make. Mm -hmm. Or do you feel like that number is, is, is sufficient enough where you can have a nice community and build with them? No, I'm not capped at all. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, we, but here's the thing. Another marketing, um, we only open it up one day out the month. So if you don't sign up on that day, you miss out. So it's not I like, like it's all, you can't just go to my website right now and join my close friends. We open it up one day a month. And you promote it on Instagram? Yeah. You promote it on your on your feed or stories? Both sometimes. It depends on how I feel. Okay. Yeah. So this next phase of your life, I know you say you, you want to be behind the camera. Yeah. I, I'm for sure never going to leave in front of it, but I want to produce. I want to write um, scripts and stories. And um, after getting into this podcast world, I'm like, I can do this. Like this is so, and I love it. I love starting a business with, you got to get that name. Then you get the logo. Then you get it trademarked. Then you just, you start. I didn't know what podcasting was. I did it. I'm learning as I go and just starting from the ground up with literally zero dollars and watching it build to something so impactful. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. I love starting businesses. I love marketing and I would love to um, have my own production company and yeah. even produce other people's podcasts that want to start a podcast, don't know where to start, come on over here to death row. <laughs> <laughs> you know to a thing let about that. Let me talk that. to you. Let me talk to you. I can yeah. help you. I got a little 300000 Let me, let me, you know. So I would love to invest <laughs> in um, the next generation and um, I'm acting like I'm that old. It's like I am this generation. But, you know, there's up and coming kids and people that have a message and they just don't know where to start. So I want to start a production company, do movies, film and um, produce podcasts. I feel like the success uh, of the show, I don't want to call it a podcast because I yeah. feel like when I'm watching it, it is that it's a show. That didn't come as a surprise. I don't feel like it came as a surprise to you just At because all. of the amount of work and who you are. Yeah. But what have you learned in this form of media? Because you've done YouTube, you've done social media, mm -hmm. a little bit different. Yeah. Right? What, what have you learned about the success inside of this space? Um, I would say it opened up a, a more audience and I did... I'm like, we can start a podcast. I don't listen to no podcast. I'm not listening to nobody except for over. Your, except on your leisure. I'm not listening to nobody <laughs> for no two hours. No, I'm just kidding. Earn your leisure for sure. I tune into them. Like 85 South Show and people I know, I would click and watch their stuff. Yeah. But there's a whole community of people that sit there and listen to hours and hours and hours of information. I was mind blown by that. Like podcasting is new to me for the past couple of years. It's not a word that I like grew up. I'm a podcaster. Like that's a new realm and a new lane. So, um, it's different, but it's not too different for what, if you look at my YouTube, I'm like, I was really podcasting, not knowing it, like just talking, doing videos, doing mukbangs, just sharing my journey the whole way. So it's a different, more, um, polished formula, but, mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty much what I've been doing my whole career, talking and letting everybody in on my life. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. You know, 
how do you make money on a pop with a podcast? Yeah, so oh, you just asking for the audience because I know y'all know how to. Make, I know y'all know how to make that. That was not a rhetorical oh, question. But, yes, it was. No, so how no. you make money Everybody's on a journey is different. If y'all can see this damn room, they got about fifty people behind this camera. They got all these lights. They got people just moving, booming, booming. Hold, please hold. They got a whole damn team in here. They know how to make money. Shout out to yeah, most of uh, uh, ad revenue. Ad revenue, of course, YouTube is a is a whole different um, platform that brings in revenue with the views um, and sponsorships and ambassadorships. Mm. Um, you know, ambassador uh, collabs with brands that want to be on your platform because of your views and your success. So a lot of ad revenue. Touring. Touring for sure. We just did two shows. We did Richmond um, and Indiana. Sold those out literally within 48 hours. Our first live show was Indiana? here in Indiana. What part of Indiana? Indianapolis. Okay. I was like, y'all know us? What y'all be doing? <laughs> you know, so it was great. That actually, Richmond sold out in two days. Indianapolis took a little longer, but it ended up selling out. Um, but yeah, um, touring for sure. And merch. Oh my God. Our merch is so cold. Have you seen the note? What? It is so <laughs> fly like we design it we handcraft it we are so meticulous with our merch everything is intentional and our merch is fire we sell out every time and our our you know the merch that's another marketing strategy if you don't get that um collection it'll never come back so every single collection is unique and one of one um you wrote a book yes Talk about that. Yeah, that was the manifestation book. Um, that book is so bittersweet because it put me through a lot. Um, I will say I'm super proud of it, um, but don't rush, you guys. Don't rush. And with me being the CEO in the face of a brand, it doesn't matter who on the team is up. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. It doesn't matter if something bad happened. I get. They're not going to say... Well, we don't like the graphic designer. It's B. Simone, right? So with knowing that, being the face of the brand, being a leader, being the CEO, I have learned to have all my ducks in a row and micromanage people a little more and have my hands a little more in it to make sure that anything I'm putting out is um, done correctly. Mm. Yeah. So if we had the goal at 30 to yeah. be a millionaire. Let's go fast forward to another decade. What's the goal by 40? I'm a, I could definitely do the B by 40. Y'all think I can do that? I believe it. I can do that. How many? Yeah, like I could do that. I could do that. Like I just gotta. Like I said, y'all. Are, I was like, y'all some dogs. I'm like, I know I'm a dog. The shit I've been through, the the ideas I have, the vision I have, the gifts God has given me. I know I'm a dog, but it's like taking it up a notch, not getting comfortable, not getting complacent, always learning. Like y'all are teaching financial literacy. Yes, I'm in a different tax bracket now, but there's still so much I need to learn about finances, how to manage money, where to invest my money. Like. Never stop learning and never stop growing. So I think I could get to that B and being the number one black female comedian, entrepreneur, producer in the world. I know I can do that. Say That's that. what I'm having my 40. So, and I said it here first. So you, the name of the book is Manifestation. Uh, manifest the life you want. Manifest the yep. life you want. So manifestation is a, is a buzzword. Yeah. A lot of people use. Yeah. Is interesting word because I don't think a lot of people really fully understand. Yeah, it. And like I read the book The Secret years ago, and hundred percent, I, I fully believe in manifestation. Mm-hmm. I think that I've manifested a variety of different things, but I think it's important for people to know that there has to be work. 
There has to be you work. You can't just sit and dream and yes. just think it's going to appear. And people are right? like, manifestation, oh my God, you're canceling out God. And that's that's all the spirit. I'm like, look, to me, manifestation is literally biblical. Faith without works is dead. Just like you said, you have faith, you believe it, you see it, you have to do the work. Write down the vision and make it plain. Make, literally, write it down, see it, and work towards it. You can't just say, I want something, but you're not doing the actionable steps to do it. Like you said, the secret, that's what opened up my mind to manifestation. I watch it, you see it, you believe it, you work towards it with God, and that's literally what manifestation is. Faith with the works and combining those two. When you talk about your career now, you did Richmond, you did Indianapolis. I wonder what you see from an international standpoint, the impact you can have. Because, and we, I didn't say congratulations, but congratulations on, on your health journey because we've Thank been watching you. it and you've been documented. Yeah. Super impressive, but it yeah. shows the commitment and dedication. But you're impacting people, not just locally or regionally, like you're, you're impacting people throughout the world. Yeah. So what is your goals and visions for an international takeover from, from the Beast Mode brand? I would love that. I literally, I think... I try to stay so humble that I don't realize that people know me everywhere. Like I'm in Dubai and people are like me. So I'm like, there's no way you know me. Or, you know, I'm out the country. I went to London and I was so scared to do a stand-up show in London. I'm like, nobody's going to come. Like they don't know me over here. It's a culture shock. I don't know if I'm going to be funny. Like sold it out. There were people outside, standing outside. Like, come on, man. Well, just let us in. We couldn't. It was a fire hazard. There was so, I'm like, this is really amazing. Like people really know me internationally. So I truly believe that I can go over there and have just as much success as over here. People on my Instagram, like I'm in South Africa, I'm in Ghana, I'm in, you know, and that's the beauty of the internet. People all over the world are tapped in. So my last question for the up and coming content creator, entrepreneur, what would be your advice to somebody that is looking at you Mm-hmm. as a role model, somebody that's looking at you as inspiration, somebody that's followed your journey and they're trying to start their own journey, trying yeah. to figure it out. What, what advice would you, would you give them? This is going to sound so cliche, y'all, and I know you've heard it a million times, but with this um, area and the, the social media being so oversaturated and everybody is an influencer, everybody's an entrepreneur now, everybody's a content creator, what got me to this point was being myself. Do not try to do what everybody else is doing. If you don't know who you are yet, find yourself. Try stuff. Put stuff out. The audience will tell you what they like. Just like with my music. I was dropping music. That <laughs> wasn't doing nothing. Now, don't play now. Y'all can look up my freestyles on Sway. I was really rapping. Millions of views on YouTube rapping, if y'all want to look that up. But it's like at the beginning, that R&B stuff, they was like, we don't want to see that. We want to laugh. So listen to your audience. You know, I was like, okay, maybe this is my lane. And I continued to do the comedy videos and that took off. But your audience will tell you, put out content. You're not going to get anywhere by not being consistent. You can't drop a video of a month and think you're going to go viral. You know, just put out content. Don't worry about the numbers. Worry about being your authentic self and the right people that can support you and your brand and your journey will find you. Do you ever think there'll be a time where you close the force a little bit on who you are. I know having family is something that you want to do. Yeah. Having children is something you want to have. Yes. Is there a moment where, you know what, I'm a public figure, but I might have to have some of my my life private? I don't know yet. I've never been in a relationship publicly. I don't know what that looks like, but (laughs) knowing me in my mind, I'm like, 
You don't get in here doing these TikToks. <laughs> we are selling this merch line as a couple. Like, I am going to capitalize on everything. I'm going to have my baby two months old. Like, all right, start dancing. Come on now. <laughs> so I feel like my marketing mind is going to be like the same thing through each aspect of my life. I've always sold my truth. You know what I mean? It's not difficult or trying to convince people to buy something that I don't believe in. I'm just showing my journey and selling that and um, hoping it's relatable. So I would probably just do the same thing. I think do the same thing. And hopefully I would look, well, I don't want to get into that. Cause last time I said that I was canceled. <laughs> oh Lord. I can't say shit. <laughs> I would love to date an entrepreneur. That does not mean that if you are not an entrepreneur, you are horrible person. Okay. I would just love to date an entrepreneur. So hopefully, you know, me and my significant other can start businesses together. PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, and much success on your yeah. journey. Can I, look, can I see our wrist? Uh, <laughs> what's that? This? Yeah. Oh, it's a Rolex. Okay, what you got? It's a Rolex. Okay. Yeah, we I love want this. One. <laughs> <laughs> which one. Which one do you want? What kind of Rolex do you want? Surprise me. Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday's April 5th. You have six months. There it, there it is. From Earn Your Leisure. All the entrepreneurs out there. Please, day uh, day. She's open. She, she she's open with a diamond to <laughs> having a conversation if you can provide her with a presidential <laughs> Rolex. That is not the stipulation. That is not the stipulation. With a media right face. Jubilee. That's the only criteria. Jubilee bracelet, we can, please. We can have oh a my God. Then we can have a conversation. Y'all are hilarious. Don't stay in my See, now I'm going to go buy a piece of moles and she only date. <laughs> Let me get on Rolex. I did not say that. I did not say that. Living Shador it. Right, right. <laughs> what, what is it, Colorado or something? Yeah. I know Shador. No, we, we love this season for you. Season Thank is you a guys. word that you like to use, so we'll, we'll stick with that. Thank you for coming. Thank you. It's long overdue. Can I ask y'all a question? Yes. Uh, cut the cameras off? No. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go. Yeah, what's up? What's when up? we going to work together? We already did. We did Invest Fest. No, 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 no. What type of work? Like make money. Oh yeah, we oh, gotta yeah. do that. That's y'all ain't got no ideas for me. Yeah, a bunch. Okay. Yeah, I just told you one. Which one? About the, your own app and all that. Oh yeah. yeah no, yeah. I'm saying with y'all. With us, yeah. This oh yeah, oh, we got this. Yeah, for sure. Look, let's babe. Fake as hell. No, that's too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Look, uh, that's what that's what. Uh, well, good luck on your journey. Right, safe <laughs> We're life. good. Safe <laughs> We're good financially, baby girl. We are not in the business of helping. Look at them. All this financial freedom, all this black this, black that. Help a young black girl out. Nah, we definitely. <laughs> nah, we definitely. They're like, yeah, uh, good luck. Uh, see you when we see you. Nah, nah, nah. We, that's that for sure. For sure. It's going to happen. No, nah, that has to happen. We know that for sure. That's true. Smart as y'all are, I know y'all got some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm waiting. Love y'all. Ally is a leading digital financial service company and the nation's largest all digital bank. Ally is proud to support creators in music because they understand the economic freedom that hip hop has provided black musicians, entertainers, and entrepreneurs. That being said, we got the opportunity to reach out to a local business and dope entrepreneur while we were in Atlanta shooting with B. Simone. We would like to officially and financially honor the hustle of Tulum Kitchen and Bar. Tulum Kitchen and Bar is a place to immerse yourself in a tropical paradise. It is nestled in the heart of Buckhead, Georgia. Their resort is a campus painted with rich colors of exquisite dining, exclusive VIP experiences. They're known for their beautifully crafted cocktails, Mexican coastal cuisine, 
and captivating fire dances every night. Let's actually hear from one of the co-owners, Chris Berry. Pleasure to meet you. How's it going? It's going great. How you doing today? Pleasure to have you. Let's jump right into it. We would like to ask you two questions about your perspective through entrepreneurship. What are the biggest hurdles you've overcome while running a restaurant? One of the biggest hurdles is is to is to keep the place on brand, stay consistent. You're going to get a lot of opinions from outside sources. You're going to get a lot of different voices uh, telling you how you should run your your business. But if you have a clear vision on what you want to do, you have to stick to that and and and, and push forward and trust in the process. What financial tools have been most valuable in managing your business? The financial tool that's most valuable in managing the business has has, has probably been uh, uh, the the fact that we have an actual accountant that we deal with and and bookkeepers that keep control of all the expenses of the business, which will allow for us to focus on what's important to us is that serving the guests, um, giving the, the guests great customer service experience and providing a high quality food product. Um, so having an accountant that we deal with, that we have weekly meetings with, that actually helps us manage the funds, allows for us to have the time to concentrate on the actual customer, the guest, excuse me, which is the most important part of the business anyway. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Financially honor the hustle presented by Ally. an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.